I think that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, God works in our lives when we seek him, but he's also working in our church. And uh, he's not just working in us as individuals, he's working in us corporately as a body. And we want to share. This is a different Sunday. That's why everybody's up here. And we want to share with you. We did the Harvest series over the last uh, few weeks. And then following that, we want to give a kind of a view of what God is doing. But before I do that, <clears throat> we have a problem. Now, you can have good problems, you have bad problems. This is a good problem. So Andrea Baber, Baber started, she's on staff, she, she oversees outreach uh, events and uh, initiatives. And uh, several years ago during COVID, she started a scavenger hunt. And families from the community, you don't have to come to this church, in fact, most of them don't, uh, come and then they walk through our scavenger hunt. We host it and serve and, and do the different stops along the way. And this year we're upping it and we're bringing them back here and we're going to have a bit more of a gathering where people get out of their cars and meet one another and the whole bit. And uh, this year we have uh, 390 kids signed up right now, 390. Okay, and then by the time it happens, I'm sure it'll be well over 400. That doesn't include the parents. So we've got at least five, 500 people coming. Here's the problem. We need about 25 more people that will just say, hey, I'll come this coming Saturday from 11 till two, and I'll be here to help serve in any way I can. This is a, you know, many of us came forward and stood up at the end of last week and said, I wanna drive a stake in the ground to be part and, and see where God wants to use me to reach people. Well, here's a way we do it as a team. And you may not, you, you may not be good at speaking and being in front of people. Well, you don't have to do that. You, we need to do this as a body and as a family. And so we need people just willing to come. So Andrea will be out in the foyer. If you would go see her for our scavenger hunt and just say, I'll come. I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll be here. I'll be part of it. We need, uh, so 25, 30 people. So that's a great problem to have. And so if you could help us solve that problem, that'd be very good. So I want to pray because I want to pray for laborers in the harvest. And I also want to pray for Paul Reese and Craig Reynolds and Rick Simpson, one of our elders there at Band of Brothers. And you may have somebody there, a husband or a father, son, that's at Band of Brothers right now. So let's pray uh, over our church and over our ministry. Jesus, uh, I just want to pray that prayer you told us to pray in Luke 10, 2, which is, Pray that the Lord will raise up labors for the harvest. And so we have this harvest event, this scavenger hunt. And I pray that you would put it upon the hearts of people to say, I'll come. I'll come and be a part of that. Would you raise labors up? And then I pray for Paul and I pray for Craig and I pray for Rick and any other men from our church, plus the other men that are there, that your spirit will descend upon them. So often these men that come, Many of them are not followers of Jesus and they're confronted with the claims of Christ and the opportunity for forgiveness. And our prayer is that this, right now, they're meeting and they're sharing the gospel and would, they've been there a whole weekend and we pray for your spirit to work and to move and to bring new life. Thank you for Paul and Craig and Rick and all the others who are part of this. Would you strengthen them for the ministry that you're, you've called them into and they're so faithful for. We look forward to hearing what you are going to do among our men. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
So when I was in grade four, my parents moved from St. John, New Brunswick to Charlottetown, PEI for my dad's work. Now my mom grew up in St. John, so that was her home area and her sisters and mother and father were there. So two or three times a year, we would get in the car and drive the five hours to St. John to visit family. Well, I was only in grade four, so I wasn't driving. You know where I was, I was in the back seat. And so the whole way over and back, three or four times a year for years, I had a back seat window view of the trip. And so I was very limited. I would look out the window and I might see, hey, well, there's a cool hotel with a cool pool or a sign with a dinosaur or a car track. Can we stop? Can we stop? We never did. And then uh, can we, uh, you know, rusty old truck? Whatever I could see from my back window, that's what I saw. But if you put me in the navigator seat and said, navigate and direct the, the, the trip, I, I would be lost. Because you need a front windshield view of what's happening in order to make sense of the trip. Now we're on a trip. At least, it's longer than that, but the latest season or phase of our trip started about 40 years ago. But I'm guessing most of us have a back window view. We've never seen the pieces put all together, so we're not really aware of what God is doing in this church through us for the last 40 years. And so, we want to bring you up. Lillian, Managing Director of Operations, she and I and Dustin now are on the lead team and we're responsible for overseeing the ministry. And uh, she's going to share a little bit. Tim is our chairman of the board. And he was involved, he's been deeply involved in prayer and in the direction for our church for the last, how many years have you served as chair? No, it's been longer than that. <laughs> Four years as chair and then our board longer. And this is Dustin. He's been here <laughs> a few days, uh, no, um, two months. And uh, Dustin's senior associate. And so we want to share with you a little bit of the, the trip we're on. We want to give you a front windshield view. Okay. So let me, let, let me start 40 years ago. The church hired this young, energetic pastor named Bob Fleming. And he brought new energy and new vision. And then he, in turn, in a little while, a little while after, hired Byron who also brought new vision. And over the next few years, the church began to respond and grow. There's good quality preaching and worship services. There was this youth that was growing. They were starting to send out missionaries into our school. People who were working full time going into our high schools in this area and, and winning people to Christ. And then this steady flow of young men and women who would go into ministry began as they were being developed. And it just person after person after person was coming to Christ, growing in their faith, and then heading off into ministry. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, we said goodbye to one who went through that process, Greg. And so this, that was, and the church was growing, people were coming, and there were some men, businessmen in the church who said, you know, this church, because it wasn't this building, right? It was the old one. It's going to be too small someday. And so we're going to buy the property south of the building that was over there because when they need to expand, they're not going to be able to. And so they took a step of faith and they bought, uh, what was it, 25 acres, Terry? 25 acres south, so that in the future, if the church needed to expand, they would have the control the land could sell. Fast forward 20 years. 
the ministry keeps growing. It's, uh, there, there's more and more families coming because of the youth ministry, because of the, the kids ministry, because of the services and the people. And, and the church is just seeing, watching this steady growth happening. And that was the years of the maze. Some, you remember the maze? Richard McGowan told me there was 5,000 young people from all over southern Ontario that would get in buses and come and go get the life scared out of them as they went through this maze during Halloween. And then Richard was at the end, and he would try to, to put the life into them as he shared the gospel. So they would get the life scared out of them and then try to put it in. And kids were coming to Christ, and then they found out on the buses that uh, the, the sponsors were saying there was all these questions questions and we were leading the kids to Christ and it was amazing what was happening until of course it got shut down because it was a fire hazard but it was amazing ministry while it worked and uh, and that kind of characterized us there was just growth and young more young people more kids more families and so the church decided we need to expand because our building's too small and it was and so they took a step of faith. Many of you were part of that. You took a step of faith to, to take on a project and build an expansion. And guess what? They didn't have enough land. And guess where you're sitting? On the land that those businessmen and now families had bought 20 years before that. And so they sold 20 acres or 10 acres to the church. And then um, we were able to build. Well, it was a tough time because the building cost was supposed to be four and a half million. It became nine through a series of, of a whole bunch of different things that I'm not sure I really understand. I wasn't here. I didn't really know. I wasn't seeing it. But it was a really tough time. But the church people were faithful and God was faithful. And, and you got through it. And then Bob decided he felt God's call to go to Feb Central as a regional director, which was he had a crazy job because I served as his chairman, oddly enough. And, and it was a boom time for Feb Central. And then God called me here to be part of the ministry. And we got here and we realized as elders, we were coming out of that really heavy financial time. And it was time to build a groundwork for growth. And we decided there was some key projects that we needed to do to prepare us for, to continue continue the trip that God had had us on. And so they were projects like the, the, the parking lot needed to be paved. You know, one of my first Sundays here, we had get people coming as guests and we had a rainstorm. And when the f guests went out their and they backed out, their car just went boom, boom down into the mud. And uh, they were stuck in the mud in our parking lot. And somebody from our church, I can't remember who, pulled them out. They never came back. <laughs> I think they found a different church somewhere and uh, that had a parking lot. So we finished the parking lot. We, we renoed our stuff downstairs. We brought on staff. We reduced debt and we bought the rest of that property because the family said it's time for us to give it up. If you want it, you can buy it at an extreme reduced price, which we did. We needed about 1.8. We went out in a step of faith and said, we're going to ask. And you delivered. Two million. We needed one point. You delivered two. We were able to do everything that that God put on our hearts. We 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 look back in amazement at the way. But God was preparing us, building a groundwork for growth. And then after that, the elders, about five years later, said, "You know, what's our next step?" And so as we sought God, we took three months and we sought God and we prayed and we went in Scripture, listening for His voice. And and two words came to us, and that were find and finish. See, we were looking at the auditorium that we were in, and it was about half full. And we we're thinking, 
Clearly, God led the church to build an auditorium. If it's half full, then our job isn't done. That's the fine part. We need to go find the people God is working in their heart and encourage them and tell them about Jesus and encourage them to come to Christ and then come and be built in their faith and be part of a family here. Well, that would seem obvious to me. And the the second word, find and finish, was the second word. I mean, you just need to go in the foyer, which I'm sure many of you have done. And as you're walking by, you see a window into an unfinished area. It's, It's steel, it's dirt, it's unfinished masonry, it's... Spiderwebs, it's, it's just left undone. And that was the part that needed to be left undone. And uh, it mean obvious, and, and oh, well, let's finish that. It was meant to be a sanctuary, let's finish it as a sanctuary. So find and finish. Now what I didn't expect were two surprises. Because I thought, well, we'll just tell people about Jesus, we'll raise some money, and we'll be done. Here's the first surprise. We just happened to bring in Feb uh, Central, to do an evaluation of the ministry of our church. And they said, you know what, Springville's a great church. It's healthy, it's unbelievable. But we have two, one, one thing we want to talk to you about and that is why are you leaving your children's ministry down in the dungeon of the old building when it is so important to your church and the history of your church and you're living in an area where families are flocking in and they're not going to see that as really hospitable or a place they want to put their kids. You need to think about changing that area into a children's ministry area, not a sanctuary. And I went, I was thinking to myself, yeah, you got to be kidding me. We're not going to do that. So that sat for about a year. Then we formed, elders formed a building planning team and they went into it and did some research and lo and behold, they come back to us and say, we don't think we should build a sanctuary, we think we should build a children's ministry area. And I'm like, fat chance. But the elders, as we prayed and thought through it, thought, you know, we think that might be the right thing to do. I think that might serve people better than a sanctuary. We're doing fine here. What, maybe a sanctuary isn't what we need there. Maybe it's... Uh, a children's ministry area and so we prayed and, we, and then the elders said well let's gather together and open it up all the people that were here and gave to the building when that was supposed to be a sanctuary and see what they think and so we had some people that were available came to these home meetings and I remember sitting in one and there was a lady and this summed it up for me and she said you know 20 years ago we were gathering in meetings just like this and we were talking about spending money and doing expansion for us And here we are 20 years later talking about it again. And I think it's good that we're going to do it for our kids and our grandkids. And that sealed it for me. So that wasn't my first surprise. That wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be. My second surprise was this. We have to go deeper to go further. See, I was, I don't know if you've picked it up over the years. One of my gifts, spiritual gifts is evangelism. And so I just talk about it. I love it. It's pa- I'm passionate about it. And uh, so I just thought, well, we'll go tell. But what I didn't realize is you can't do in the flesh what requires to be done in the spirit and expect to see results. And if your heart isn't passionate about God, you won't be compassionate for lost people. And our heart needs to grow in depth and passion for God. Now, I'd like to say I saw that, but I didn't. It was actually Lillian that was the one that was hammering at me behind the scenes. Ed, we need to go deeper first. Let's focus on going deeper. We'll do them at the same time. But the more the heart of people grow for God, the more 
we'll be reaching people. So we've got to love God deep first. That will produce the passion and compassion that will overcome the difficulties of stepping out into our world to reach people. And so Lillian, you, that was really a passion that came out of what God was doing in your heart. So why don't you share what was going on in that time? Sure, the word hammer really seals my reputation. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just speaking the truth, girl. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so my, my journey started probably five years ago and there's lots of God moments and so I'm gonna to try to be as succinct as possible and just know that each moment builds upon the next. Um, it started January 2017. We had Lawson Murray from Scripture Union come and speak to our ministry staff and share a little bit about what Scripture Union was doing and offering to churches. And while we didn't see a ministry partnership at the time with him, we were really struck by what he said. And it was common sense, but it really sat with me. And that was that churches that really create spaces and opportunities for their, their congregation to go deep into the study of God's word see incredible spiritual growth. And that was the bottom line that stuck with me. 2018, summer 2018, I was four weeks out uh, in BC for some school and got connected to a really good friend of mine. And I remember distinctly on the drive from the airport to the campus, um, just looking at her thinking, who are you? Like you have changed so much since we last saw a face-to-face, -face, maybe a year and a half, two years before that. And so, her spiritual growth had gone like this, and it was so evident within the first 30 minutes of our conversation. And so I had lots of conversation with her during the four weeks I was there, wanted to understand what was happening in her life, what was the catalyst for this growth. I attended the church she was at, and one of the things she said was, you know, getting into a really solid Bible study um, where I could learn how to read and understand God's word rightly was transformative. And she was doing that in community in her church. Um, and she was also taking a theology class that the senior pastor was taking or putting on. This church is multi-site, seems very familiar to me, very home-like. And so I was paying attention to what was going on. I actually got connected to a staff member who was responsible for the implementation of the Bible studies and their small group ministry had maybe an hour and a half, two hour conversation with her, listened to her heartbeat, listened to the journey, listened to the fruit that she was seeing after years of prayer and just this um, Bible study where they were writing their own curriculum and teaching and just seeing the fruit within the church family because of that. Fast forward to fall of 2019, I get asked to lead a young adults Bible study. I say yes, and again, just a hunger for God's word in our young adults forced me, or not forced me, I was willing, willing to like toss out the pre-fab um, curriculum uh, and then just go deeper into God's word together with about anywhere between 10 to 15 young adults for over two years. We spent eight months in Genesis, six months in Hebrews, like just really getting into God's word. Um, and this was them pushing it. This wasn't like, my heartbeat was there, but there was just such a strong desire to know more and to grow in their understanding of God and God's word and how it all fits. And I was having other conversations with other people in the church as well, mature believers who had years of experience in the faith, years of growth, but felt stagnant and were looking for other things, looking for things to go deeper. So all this was a top of mind. March 2020, COVID hit. I started walking because I was losing my mind. 
And I actually picked up a podcast my friend had recommended to me back in 2018 called Knowing Faith. And the Knowing Faith Highly Recommend is a podcast with Jen Wilkin, Kyle Worley, and JT English. And at the time, the three of them were working at the Village Church in Texas. Jen is heavily, you might know her, she's published lots of curriculum. She's a teacher and a speaker uh, with the Gospel Coalition. She is heavily involved in the Bible study program at the Village Church. And JT had implemented what was called the Village Institute, a deeper um, theology-based, education-based ministry in that church. And so I was blitzing their podcast, listening to brothers and sisters do theology together, learning, being challenged, being convicted on the role of the local church and the deeper discipleship of believers. Um, I was reading books that they were recommending. I was listening to other podcasts. Like, I can literally say hundreds of hours in a year and a half of content was just being absorbed on top of the Bible study I was doing with young adults and conversations I was having. Spring 2021, we're sitting in the conference room and we're talking about our strategic plan. And all this is in the back of my head. We're talking about discipleship. And we weren't, we weren't on the same page, really, on what it meant to go deeper with our people. We, I had a strong conviction that life groups was good and we needed to maintain it, but it just wasn't doing the job. There was a hunger I was feeling internally, but also seeing externally with other people in the church just to go deeper. And there was a strong conviction in my part that you can't tell people to go evangelize if they don't understand the why or if it's not meaningful to them in their day-to-day life. And the only way that that's meaningful is if you're in with the word, because that's the way, one of the main ways God reveals himself to, to us and his redemptive plan. And so the Bible is also transformative. And so you just, we got to get people in the word. We got to get people knowing about who God is and having that transform their thinking, their heart, and then eventually their actions. And we weren't on the same page. And I just felt prompted to say, hey, can I just get a year? Can I just take a year and work with Lester and come up with a plan and proposal for you and the board to consider? And you said yes, and that was amazing. And I didn't really have that agenda going into the meeting. Um, so Lester and I started working. We did uh, training actually with Jen, Kyle, and JT. We wrote or we read uh, several books. We talked to many different churches in uh, Canada, the GTA area, and just saw a very similar trend in thinking that there was a gap missing in the local church. Life group, small group ministry was not doing it. And that was the heartbeat we were seeing in churches. It got connected with Hope Oakville, and then this church again in Northview and BC, who were in the same uh, school of thought with the training we were doing with Jen, Kyle, and JT. And uh, I think it was probably October, early October a year ago, um, I actually just gave you a brief update on where the plan was. We had finished all of our research. We started to put some bones down, a little bit of meat to the bones of the plan. I'm like, I think I should just let Ed know (laughs) what we're thinking. And I think in that meeting, that was the first time we both realized, oh my goodness, this is a a big idea. Yeah, a huge idea. And... uh, Okay, so you didn't hammer, but boy, you were insistent and you were passionate about it. But that's what it took. It's amazing, right? In leadership, God works through different people, not just one all the time. And so uh, God had really captured your heart on it. 
And then I, uh, we realized this is bigger than any one of our staff could handle uh, because it's, it's, it's going to take hours and hours and hours and planning and experience. So uh, meanwhile, uh, Dustin, I'm talking to Dustin. Uh, so, so Lillian and I are having this discussion and I'm talking to Dustin. What's going on in your life during this period of time? Um, yeah, so we're in Montreal planting, and obviously for us, uh, we saw a lot of uh, similar things that Lillian just touched on. Where what were you planting? Uh, Trees? A church. Church. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a church. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we had the opportunity to realize really quickly that Sunday mornings alone cannot disciple the church. Uh, small groups alone cannot disciple the church. Um, and so we got the opportunity to start working uh, not alone, but with a network of other churches because the Christian community is so small in Montreal. Uh, the pool is very small. Um, you don't really have the opportunity or the resources just kind of sit by yourself and do stuff. And so across the city of Montreal, there was a lot of other like-minded people really looking for a space for deeper discipleship to happen. And specifically, not just content where we learn information, but how do we actually grow deeper in our understanding of the Christian story and theological ideas, but then also engage cultural ideas and be equipped to go out. And so I had the opportunity while we were planting in Montreal to uh, develop something called Courses for Everyone, which it's what it sounds like. It was just Courses for Everyone. Uh, and we got to offer it to, uh, it was about 11, 12 churches across Montreal. And uh, we ended up having close to 200 people come out to those courses. We were just having these workshops with teaching and then discussion and homework and all sorts of stuff was happening. And we started to see amazing fruit there and a lot of confidence and spiritual growth in people to not just understand the Christian story, but also engage the other worldview and stories of our culture. So Lillian, you, we got to this point where we realized it's a little bit bigger Then what happened next. Yeah, so I wasn't even thinking about how we were going to do this. <laughs> I just knew it was a really good idea. Um, and I, it was actually a year to the day tomorrow that Lester, or not Lester, Dustin and I had our first Zoom call. So Ed came to me and said, listen, I don't know if anything's there. I just, you just maybe should talk to Dustin. And I had known that Ed had been talking to Dustin for a while, fairly consistently. And Dustin and I, we hadn't talked yet. We, there was, he'd come and speak. I don't like speaking to people I don't know. <laughs> so I had never said a word to him. Uh, and so this She still barely says a word to me. <laughs> Again, I'm trying to redeem my reputation. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so we had a Zoom call, and it was the first time talking with him. And I went, it, I don't, I don't usually have tests. I'm not one that lays a fleece out and just say, if this happens, then this is what's supposed to be. Um, but I had this idea just pop into my mind. Like Lester and I had really landed on a book that JT English wrote called Deep Discipleship. And we had a few other people reading it with us and just strong conviction that this was like good wisdom for us to consider in this. And I, and I just thought, you know, if Dustin doesn't know the book, it's not that it's going to be a no, but this is going to be a harder journey because trying to work with someone who has a different philosophy than you takes a lot more energy. So we're having the conversation. I asked him to share his heart. He's using all the right words, theolog you know, theological formation, deeper discipleship in the local church. And I was 
then I had my opportunity to share my journey that Lester and I were on. And I said, so we're using this book by JT English called Deep Discipleship. Have you ever heard of it? He's like, that's the best book I've ever read on the topic. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on? I had a moment internally. I don't know if you saw that on my face or not. Um, so we talked a little bit longer. As soon as we got off the Zoom call, I went to your office and said, I don't know, but it's worth a conversation. Like there is alignment in a lot of the things that we were thinking and saying together. And I had this litmus test and he passed. And so I think we need to just take some more steps forward to discern. What was going on in your life? Uh, we were on sabbatical. So I was chilling. Um, we had three months to kind of decompress um, after a year and a half of whatever COVID was. And so we were on sabbatical. And when we had that call, I mean, there was no, no plans or talk about us moving, leaving Montreal at any point. We still, at that point, didn't know uh, what life and ministry was going to be uh, looking like. But Ed and I have been having this long conversation. We were just kind of jumping on and sharing ministry ideas as, as colleagues, as co-pastors over the last few years before that. Uh, and I remember four years ago, Ed said to me, um, if God releases you from Quebec at any point in the next five years, can you just call me? <laughs> I said, sure. Um, and so um, through, I mean, a tragic loss in our family here in Ontario, uh, that actually changed how we were praying and thinking about things pretty dramatically. And uh, by the end of that same year, it was pretty clear to us that God was releasing us from ministry in Quebec and uh, bringing us back here. So I called Ed. And so we began a, a more in-depth in conversation about what that might look like uh, for us as a family. And there was a few different opportunities for us. Um, the problem is every time like, I go somewhere, they're like, can you come and work here, <laughs> right? Um, and we had a couple other opportunities and ministries and churches that we looked at. And honestly, it was Raquel and I just feeling such a sense of home here uh, because we had been here. Um, and I always told you that when I came to speak and then I just rode out of town on my horse uh, again when I was done. I always told you this was starting to feel like our home away from home in Montreal. Um, and then it quickly became home. So... We get the line that's going here, right? God's moving and working. He's going, Ed, you got to go deeper. You got your staff, your key leaders are saying this is important. And um, for a few years, Dustin and I have been talking about this very thing. And then Lillian and Lester come and say, this is huge. We need somebody who's going to lead us in this. And I'm thinking, well, lo and behold, uh, Dustin is feeling released and he's been doing it already. And so uh, Lillian and I decided, well, let's go the next step. Let's bring the idea to the elders and see what they think about this idea. They can shut it down and it'll never happen. Uh, and no harm, no foul. Uh, so Tim, you're the board chair. I come to you, Lillian and I come to you and say, we want you to start praying and thinking about this idea. Tell us from your point of view. So while all of this was going on, um, Remember the, the uh, COVID, we're in the thick of that, right? And the elders are dealing with um, the struggle of trying to um, get the church through um, what was happening to everybody collectively. And um, we were observing and experiencing exactly um, what you just heard described, right? There's a gap between life group and Sunday morning that that's just not enough. And we're seeing that play out in our church, and we're seeing people drifting, um, and we're seeing people disengaging, and just 
Um, you, you know, a core of people hanging on, but just things that weren't great um, happening. There was uh, no life. There was We weren't seeing people coming to Christ. We weren't seeing baptisms. And we were just seeing... Um, Drifting is probably the best word to describe it, um, and and that was what was going on. We all, we all know that. There's a lot of reasons for that. COVID kept us apart, but there wasn't uh, enough fight in our congregation to break through that and to keep doing the things that Jesus called and calls us to do. Um, and so we're seeing that and observing that, and yet at the same time, we're also seeing these pockets of um, what I would describe as holy discontent. I stole that from Mark Sayers. Um, we were reading through, uh, through that book in our men's group, uh, Reappearing Church. We, so in, I'll, I'll describe men's prayer because I, I'm in that group. Um, and we consistently um, heard prayer for renewal come up over and over again, week after week. Um, and so there was just this um, discontent in the group. There was confession and repentance happening in that prayer time. Um, and there was a heart and a love for people. Um, and so there was these little pockets in our church. And out, out of men's prayer, another group sprang out of that. Uh, they, they call themselves the Renewal Group. And um, reading books, they read Deep Discipleship. They read Reappearing Church. They were they're studying Unseen Realm. There, there's, there was a hunger um, and a there was hunger that there were, that we needed to be better. We needed to go deeper with Jesus, and so um, and there was a, a, a. I know the um, ladies' prayer was praying for the same thing, and the young adult uh, group was praying for the same thing. And in conversations that I would have with people, again there was this hunger um, for where we weren't, and there was this hunger to be uh, deeper in our discipleship journey. And then uh, Ed brings the news that Dustin is released um, from Montreal and um, wondering if we could have a conversation about that. And so that's uh, presented to the elders and there was a lot of excitement um, and we felt like it was an answer to prayer. And so a day was arranged for Dustin to come. Uh, it was almost a year ago. It was November that he came. <laughs> I, I'm chuckling. It was a marathon day. I think we started now, hold, hold I'm going to stop you for a second. Because okay. yeah, yeah. we brought the idea at the end of October and said, we will pray and fast and discuss till March. Yeah. Uh, and we'll wait on God to tell us, is this a right step? Yeah. So I think that's important to say. It wasn't just, oh, this is a good idea. Yeah. Like. No, um, it, Although it, it was a good idea. <laughs> it was a good idea. Yeah. Um, but that day with Dustin kind of started that three, three to four month journey for the elders. Um, it was, he was here from what, nine to nine, I think it was like a 12 hour day. There was lunch, dinner, there was all kinds of talk. But it wasn't about calling a pastor. We weren't even looking to call somebody um, uh, here to Springdale. We, we had no position. We weren't looking for it. God brought this to us, and we had this day with Dustin, and it wasn't, you know, an ordinary day where you're interviewing somebody for a position. It was a discussion about discipleship, which they've already been describing. Dustin is going to talk about it some more um, in a few days, and that struck a chord with the elders because it was everything that we weren't, and we knew that we needed to go deeper. And so, um, again, it, that, that felt like an answer to prayer. It seemed like an answer to prayer that God was bringing something to us that was going to move us forward to fill the gap and to fix um, what we were seeing in our church. And so the elders committed to three months, three, I think it was three I forgot about months. that day. Yeah, yeah, okay. sorry, I, I, I interrupted. Was, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I had to pray for Dustin on the way home because, man, he's, he's like me. A day like that drains you. And then he had to drive, you know, five hours back to uh, Montreal with his mother-in-law and, you know, carry on, conver- <laughs> carry on conversation, right? And he was drained, right? And so, anyway, he made It was a great drive. Because <laughs> we wore him out. And he, and, and he filled us up um, with, again, the vision for, for discipleship. And so... We knew that we had to consider this and entertain it, and so we committed to praying fast for four months uh, until March. So we started in November. It was probably more like four months. Uh, we started praying and fasting and having conversations, and that kind of started the hiring process, right? Again, there was multiple conversations afterwards. Dustin and I did a Zoom call. Dustin came again in January, met with uh, Rick, Paul, Rick Simpson, Paul Simpson, Tom McClagan. I think Angie was with Rick as well. Ed was having conversations, Lillian was having conversations, (laughs) so there was an exhaustive process, a lot of conversations going on to confirm that this was God's answer to our prayer for renewal in this church, Um, and and, uh, that's the journey we went on. Dustin was fantastic through that. I I just want to say how uh, incredible it was to have conversations with him. He was just uh, not only about bringing discipleship, his heart for that, um, but he was just open. He was an open book about his life as well, stuff that you're not supposed to ask in interviews and all that kind of stuff. We shamelessly asked, and he was open and answered all of that stuff, and we really got to know him um, and had great discussion. I can tell you that he has a love for God. He has a love for people. He has a, a passion to drive people into deeper discipleship, to bring us into all of those places where we experience a life-giving relationship with Christ. Um, that's, where fr- that's where fruit happens, um, and that, that's what he's here to do. Um, I'm going to stop talking now because I'm rambling. Okay. So uh, we, we get this growing sense. Remember, find and finish. And, uh, but to find, we have to go deeper to go further. Uh, you can't just go out. You've got to build a foundation. You've got to have a heart that's in line with God and passionate about what God's passionate about. And that comes through the scriptures and we're learning this. And so then, Dustin, we hire you. And the congregation's like, wow, we got this new guy coming in. And uh, tell us what you're here for and what your dream is. Um, yeah. So Springvale Institute is my main uh, project right now. Um, and that is, don't let institute scare you. Uh, I know that that's just kind of like, it feels so formal and academic. Um, but Springville Institute really is an active learning environment for exactly what we've been talking about, deeper discipleship and spiritual formation. That's what we want it to be. And so we're carving out a new space for discipleship here. And I think um, JT English in his book, Deeper Discipleship, Deep Discipleship says this, Study after study suggests that the church has never been less familiar with our sacred text than we are today, even while we have never enjoyed more access to it. Knowledge of God's word is meant to lead to participation in God's story, and you can't participate in a story you don't understand. And I think that that's been the the main driving conviction of this uh, discipleship journey that we've been on. And so when you hear Springville Institute and what we're going to be doing, don't think about it as a program or like a secret sauce. 
um, but instead it's, it's a process that we're actually engaging into this process of discipleship for us as the whole church, meaning it's available for, for all of us, regardless of our life stage or theological background or knowledge. And so that's the, the aim of Springvale Institute. And it's really going to be um, a way that we retool discipleship around formation, not just information. I think that's an important distinction uh, because honestly, right now you have access to amazing information anywhere. You jump on YouTube, you can get the best world-class teaching anywhere. But as Lillian was saying, after her hundreds of hours of binging podcasts, she knew that that wasn't enough, that she had to bring it into community to create environments where that could be experienced and that we could go deeper together in community. And that's exactly the same conviction here. The difference between formation and information is that information is about what you know, but formation is about who you're becoming, right? And so Springville Institute and the kind of discipleship process that we're looking to develop and get you plugged into, we'll really be focusing, yes, you'll get information, absolutely. There will be content, and it will be good content. It'll be good stuff. But that has to then lead to practice. Because honestly, I think the theology that matters most isn't the theology we believe, but it's the theology we practice. And that's really what holds up uh, the vision of Springville Institute and what we're going to be doing. So just real quickly, um, we're going to be kind of anchoring everything that happens in that pipeline uh, with three points, kind of a three-pointed anchor. Uh, the first is Christian story, meaning we don't want you to just know Bible verses. We want you to be exposed to the entire scope of the redemptive story of the Bible. We want you to be able to understand what God's been up to through Genesis, from Genesis across to Revelation and where we are in the midst of that story and how to participate in it. So that's what Christian story, the core class, will be doing. Uh, then Christian beliefs, that's what it sounds like. It's going to be exposing you to what makes Christianity Christianity, right? So what are the primary things that actually make Christianity Christianity? How do we understand those things and build our lives around what truly matters the most? That's going to be the core class on Christian beliefs. And then third is Christian habits. And that's looking specifically at how do we actually build our life in such a way that we can follow after the way of Jesus and practice the way of Jesus. Because if you remember John 14, 6, Jesus says not just that he is the truth and the life, but that he's also the way. And so we want to go the way of Jesus too as we experience his truth and live life with him. And that's what those three core classes are going to be doing. So the, the hope right now, and pray for me because I still have a lot of work to do to figure out what this looks like. The hope is that those three core classes are going to run every single calendar year. And the idea is that you can jump in at any point and, and hopefully all of us will have a chance to go through each of those core classes at some point in the next two or three years. And that will really whet our appetite for what could be coming more. We want to continue to grow deeper out of Springville Institute as well to have like a one-year residency. We also want it to be able to get to the place for people who are exploring being in ministry to get a fully accredited master's degree. So that's kind of like a nerd level that not many of us will get to, and that's okay. But the bread and butter are the core classes. And so, just so you know, and it's on your radar, the first core class that we're going to pilot out will be in January of 2023, and it will be the Christian Habits core class. And so we're working on what that's going to look like and the time frame and the schedule of it, but it is going to be around the, the Christian habits and how do we actually practice the way of Jesus. Uh, I hope to have like a, a one-night kind of vision night or forum uh, in December to kind of give you a little bit more detail around what that course is going to look like and how to get you plugged in. But I am very excited 
about what God is going to do uh, with this space. And I know that you're already busy, uh, but I would say that I think that this is going to be a process of discipleship that honestly will um, show fruit in other areas of your life in a way that as you commit to it now, I think that we're going to see future fruit in our lives individually, but more importantly, in the life of us at Springville as a whole church. Yeah. Yeah, we're all busy, but just some people are busy doing things of substance and meaning, and others aren't, right? So... Uh, the beauty is it's going to force us to ask ourselves, am I being busy doing the right things? Anyway, so you see the journey we were starting on. Uh, the trip, 40 years ago, God leads those people to take a step of faith by land. 20 years after that, they need, we need the land as the church takes a step of faith to build this expansion. And then after that, we take a step of faith to to finish some pieces that need to be done so we can go into ministry. And then we take the step of faith to double our impact and, and reach people, but then we find out, oh, hold on a second. Uh, we need to go deeper if we're going to go further. And the way the building looked, what we thought it looked like, isn't going to be the way it looks in the future. And so we're, God's saying, now you take a step of faith. And then, then it was, we need to, to go deeper, and that's a step of faith to hire somebody to take us, and then a step of faith on our part to be engaged. And so there's all these God saying, here, do this, take a step of faith. Here, do this, take a step of faith. Here, do this, take... And each time we take the step of faith, God increases and grows the impact of the kingdom through us. We're not the only church in this area. God's working in other churches. It's just he's also working here. And that's the way, there's the front windshield view. For 40 years, God's been saying, here's the step, trust me and take it. People take it, here's the step, trust me and take it. People take it, here's the next step, trust me and take it. And what we've seen as we obey God and take those steps of faith, we see friends and family and people coming to faith in Jesus. And we see our own people growing deeper with God and producing fruit that affects our families and affects our, our friends, our workplaces, because we begin to have a passion and a heart for God. Now, Tim, there are the faith steps that we as a group have been taking, but there are faith steps that we as individuals need to be taken. So as our board chair, could you uh, challenge us? Yes. Um, what are we, how are we gonna respond to this? What are we asking you to do? Um, First of all, there, there's obviously a financial cost. We're, um, we're increasing our cost uh, in our budget. And so um, I would just ask uh, everyone here um, watching online to consider how you would get involved in that. We're at, we're, I, I, I'm hesitating and humming, right? It's look at the financial times and the hardships that we were coming into um, right now. And here we are um, in the middle of that, um, increasing uh, the expenses in our budget. Um, but God is challenging us right now. Um, the status quo is not okay. Um, he is calling us into a grand vision. Um, and it's gonna cost us in, in, in a number of ways, not just financially, but you know, fin financial is an obvious thing. Um, our expenses are up. I'm not going to get into numbers. You know what? Our annual meeting uh, is in about a month from now. The budget will be coming out. We can talk about numbers. I'll be around after. The elders are around. Um, you see us up here. We can talk about numbers just very quickly. I think it's about a 7% increase 
forgive me, I should have looked this up. I'm going by memory. It's at least 150,000 more in expense. Um, it could be more, um, and, and also that's combined with reducing the amount of money that we're um, that we're spending on reducing our debt. Um, so there's a financial cost, and I'm just um, asking you to consider uh, your part in that um, as a family, as as an individual. How are you going to help uh, shoulder that cost? The other thing I, I was thinking about here. Um, which we're really asking for. I heard the word formation. Um, really, this is the heart of what I'm asking for. Um, so many of us just, uh, it's been such a struggle over the last two or three years with the things that have been happening. Um, I would just ask you to consider who, who's the person that God is asking you to be? What's the next step in your faith journey? How are you gonna go deeper with Jesus? What's your formation and spiritual transformation uh, going to be? Ed couches it in three questions. I just, we're out of time um, and we need to move on. I just want to challenge you with that. How are you going to get involved in this? Um, January, that is not that far away. It's only a couple months away. January 23. Sounds like it's so far away, but man, that's just around the corner. That's the first opportunity. But watch what's happening. Um, the courses and the opportunities that are coming up. Consider how you're going to get involved and take the next step in your faith journey. Consider how you're going to pray for all of this as well. Um, I, I would invite you in. There are so many points uh, to pray about this, to seek God, to join, to prayer in community. Um, it, it's important to pray as individuals, but join in prayer with community. We have um, church-wide prayer third Sunday every month. We have men's prayer on Tuesday morning. I don't know when the ladies pray, but the, the ladies have prayer. There's um, all kinds, there's pre-service prayer. There's all kinds of opportunities. Let's join in together. Consider if you can get involved in that and join in and seek God and, and pray with us for renewal. And consider how you're going to take the next step in your own uh, formation as well and encourage your brothers and sisters Encourage one another uh, to join in and go deeper with Christ. That's what we're asking, um, and let, let's jump in. Um, all in, everybody. Lillian, would you pray? Let's, uh, let's, I'm going to ask Lillian to pray, and uh, let's all stand. Uh, this is the journey we're on, the trip we're taking, and God now is saying, uh, now what, are you in? What's your role, and will you respond? Will you take that step? of faith as God moves us deeper to go further and reach further as God challenges us financially as God challenges us in our own spiritual formation it's it's your response that determines how deep you go so Lillian would you pray father um I was sitting here thinking that this was a God moment that we're all experiencing and whether or not we're aware of that I believe it is and so I thank you for the way that you have worked um, for over 175 years, almost 175 years in the life of this body and in the recent history that so many of us have experienced and even in the history that we are establishing today by the power of your spirit. And so, Lord, I ask that you would speak to each one of us, that we would have the stillness, the discernment, the wisdom to discern your voice in these moments on how we are going to engage in this vision 
maybe things that we need to confess and repent and get rid of and prioritize other things in our life. Maybe we have turned to idols in our life and rather than prioritizing you or the pursuit of you through your word. Maybe we need to be stepping forward in evangelism or in deeper community with brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, I just pray for a sensitivity amongst us in the next couple of weeks, just to hear your voice and to take the step of faith that you are calling all of us to do. I pray for your hand on Dustin as he is developing all of this. I pray for the work that's going on with the Bible study as part of this vision and all these other ministries that come together to pull together for kingdom work. And Lord, we're ultimately doing this for your name. We're doing this for your glory. And Lord, we want our heartbeat is for the lives of our people who are here and not yet here to be transformed by your spirit and more and more into the likeness of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we're asking you to do something new. We're asking mm-hmm. you to move because we can't do it apart from you. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.